Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Paul, welcome back. This is episode five, season two. Man, we just keep clicking these things off one at a time. How you doing tonight? Living the dream, Rome. Living the dream. Living the dream. Well, we want to welcome our Truth Revival audience to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about something that is really unique. In this hustle and bustle and fast-paced world, we don't always have time to slow things down. We get caught up in the noise, we get caught up in the rush, and sometimes we just need a break. I want to tell you something, if you go for too long, too hard, if you don't check yourself, you're going to wreck yourself. <laughs> you ever hear that song, Paul? Uh, that's, yeah, as soon as you said that, it, it just went in my mind. It's great. Who sings that? I don't know. Is that? Check yourself, you're gonna wreck yourself. <laughs> I don't know if that's Run DMC. I don't remember who <laughs> oh, that Lord. is. But I had a I had a, a good friend of mine from Cleveland. He told me he said, Brother Roman, God's gave me a sermon. And this is before, you know, I even really knew that song. But he said, You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's that's got potential. And uh, later, true, later true, on, though. you know, I I found out that 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 was a song. Uh, don't rip me apart if I didn't name the the correct artist, but <laughs> but still, great song and very relevant because we all get to that place where we're just overwhelmed and we're overloaded and we're we're stressed and we're you know an old saying in the South is you're wound tighter than a banjo string. There you go. But you. You just need some time to rest. Is there is there any biblical guide to help us? And the answer to that is yes. We see lots of evidence in Scripture where Jesus sought quiet time. Amen. Where he sought alone time. And so I want to encourage our listeners out there. If you do not have that time of release that time where you're just able to get alone somewhere and get quiet, get to a place where you can focus. You need to make time because you might be good right now, but it won't be long before you head for a breakdown. It'd be like uh, going for miles and miles without an oil change. You know what happens for too long? Paul, if you, Go without an oil change. Yeah, then I'll start rattling. <laughs> Sling a rod. Things are gonna lock up. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna head, you're gonna have a breakdown. I didn't uh I didn't think in my twenties that I needed to break. But boy, oh boy, there was a, uh, some events that happened in my life and I just about had an emotional breakdown. Mm. And a lot of it had to do with my family. It had to do with the church and it was just something that I had to 
I had to put everything else on pause and focus on me. Yeah. I had to focus on my well-being because I've heard this old saying before, damaged people hurt other people. Yes. The reason that some people are usually angry and hateful is because there's something that's unresolved in their heart or there's something that's not been addressed. Yes. In in their in their past. There's something that they haven't dealt with fully. And so as a result, they lash out or they take out their emotions on on other people. And and that should not be said of a child of God. That should not be said of a born again Christian because you know, being the light of the world, salt of the earth, we're supposed to be walking epistles known and read of all men. We're supposed to be sharing the good news of Christ. And if people, if if we're walking around and we're like thorns, if we're prickly and hateful and we got a sour look on our face and we're all the time just spewing venom, there's no words of life coming out of that. No, it's death. Yeah, there's and there's no there's nothing that's uplifting or inviting. We ought to have warmth in our spirit. That's what he says, to, to dwell on things that are good. The, when you said we were going to discuss this, there was a, there's a certain day of my life that came, that came to the forefront of my memory. It's been probably eight or nine years ago. My wife and I kind of got into hiking and, and, and taking, you know, getting out in the wilderness and walking, taking a lunch and just, you know, seeking God's creation and, and just having time with him alone in the woods and, and just relishing who he is and what he had made. So it was really rainy and dark and dreary here. And and where we live, when we go up this Cherahela Skyway, we change elevation really quickly. And I'll never forget, we were going, we, we wanted to go to, I think it was Fall Creek Falls, or fall, no, it's Fall Branch Falls. I'm sorry, um, but it's up past the Charles Hall Bridge, and you go down in there. But we were climbing, and it was raining and dark and dreary, and just really a, a a dreary day. And we came through the clouds, Rome. And when we got so high, and got through the clouds, it was just pure sunlight and peace at the higher elevation. And I remember thinking, my Lord, we got to fight through the dark, through the dreary, through the bustle of life. But once we get through all that, we're where the master is, and it's life and light because that's who he is. His life is a lot of men. So I took a picture. I took a picture of this place, and we went on our hike and had a great time. We were fellowshipping with probably 10 or 12 other believers in the Lord and, and had a little Bible study right there where we'd taken the picture. So a lot of people don't know, you know, you all say that I'm bougie about my clothes and, and, and I like, but, but one thing that people don't know about me is I love art. So I try to collect art from people that I know or people that I work for, people that I meet. So I went to Loudon and commissioned this lady to paint me a painting of the picture we took. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she does it. We go back to pick it up and she said, I hope you guys don't mind. But I took the liberty to, to name this painting. Oh. And I said, okay, what was the name of it? She said, be still and know. And my wife and I both broke 
in tears because what we had witnessed mm-hmm. that day of coming through the storm to that quiet place of who he is where it was nothing but light and life and brightness and who he is. Listen to what the, what the scripture says in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Mm. He will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. To be still, you have to be in your quiet place. The hustle and bustle of life, the phone ringing, the TV's on, you know, the dishwasher's going, the, the alarms are sounding, people are honking the horn, people are knocking on the door, all these distractions are coming at you. You can't really focus on who he is and be still and know that you know that you know who he is until you get in that quiet place. Yeah. And Jesus continually went to this quiet place. Uh, Mark 1, 35 through 38, it says, in rising early, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed out and went to a desolate place where he prayed. Simon and those that were with him, they searched for him, they found him and said, everybody's looking for you. That's one example of Jesus rising very early in the morning to find that time alone. So when we're talking about this quiet time, Paul, there's no explicit command in Scripture that says that we're supposed to have this time alone every day. But this quiet time, it allows our spirit to commune with the Father. Yes. Where there's no distractions. I'm reminded of of Elijah, after he had done this great work and called down fire on the prophets of Baal and literally killed 400 of them on Mount Carmel, um, Jezebel, I believe it was, she sends out news that if anybody sees the prophet of God, we're going to kill him. And you know what Elijah, Elijah does? He goes and hides. Alone. Why? And he gets discouraged. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, if I called on fire from heaven and from the Lord, if, if if God showed out in that kind of way, I wouldn't be afraid of anybody. But he was human. You know, we're all we're all human. So what does Elijah do? Goes up in the mountains and what does he see? Sees a great wind. God's not in the wind. Feels the earthquake. God's not in the earthquake. He sees the fire. God wasn't in the fire. But he's in the Still, small voice. Mm. See, we have to get to that place of stillness where we can hear the voice of God. And sometimes that is referred to as a time of devotion. Yes. We all need to have that time of devotion. I'm going to tell you, Paul, I am not a morning person. Mm. I, I'm I'm 50-50. Depends on, on how I'm feeling, you know. <laughs> not a morning person. And the older I get, I'm finding I'm not much of a night person. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's that's my biggest that's my biggest hindrance. But most time when I do have my quiet time, it is at night before I go to sleep. But also, I have found that my life is becoming increasingly busy with children and responsibilities. I don't. I'm not able to have quiet time at night. And so, what I've been doing here lately, my quiet time. Is my drive to work. Yeah, me too. And I'm trying to listen to scripture, podcasts, audiobooks that feed my spirit on the road, music that allows me to worship and express, you know, my thanks unto the Lord as I'm on the highway. 
And if people saw me on the road, they'd probably think, what is that crazy guy doing? <laughs> you know, because I'm just singing and praising or I'm listening or I'm, I'm crying, I'm rejoicing. And, uh, you, you know, you don't have to close your eyes to pray. No, you don't. No. And, and it's 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 amazing that if you look in the scriptures, before anything vital happened, he was alone. He got recharged. He was alone. It says in, in Luke 9 that before telling his disciples of his coming death, he spent a long time in prayer. Mm. So before anything big happened, you got to spend spend that time alone with the Father. I remember the the greatest time that the Lord ever anointed me to speak that I spent about 30 to 45 minutes alone on my face asking him, "Hey, if you don't speak through me, I can't accomplish what you want to be done." And and I guarantee you, Jesus went and said, "Listen, if you don't strengthen me, yeah, I will not be able to go to this cross because in my flesh, I don't want to. And in my flesh, I can't. Only you can give me the power to do this, Wow! to redeem your people back unto yourself. You want to use me for that? You're going to have to anoint me for it. And you know, Paul, Jesus, when he announces himself into the ministry through the baptism of John, the Holy Spirit descends on him. This is my beloved son, who I'm well pleased, Matthew chapter 3. This was a big coming out party for Jesus. Yeah. You know, he was filled with the spirit. He was anointed. And you know where God leads him next? The wilderness. Yes. Boy, I'm sure there was some tears in the wilderness. There were some quiet times in the wilderness. But, you know, during those moments of struggle and battle and, you know, Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness through Scripture. But it was in the wilderness that he found his strength. Yes. In the wilderness, he found his resolve. It's in those quiet moments that you find your, your direction, your calling. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, three times he prayed, Paul. Mm. The third time, the Bible says his sweat became as great drops of blood in agony under so much stress. He said, Father, if there's any way, let this cut pass from me. But he yielded and said, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Yes. In the garden, he found the strength to endure the cross. Amen. Amen. In the garden. (laughs) Think about that. In, In that quiet time, He found the strength of the storm. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senor Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. 
So the quiet time is important for you. That time of devotion is important for you. That time of individual personal worship is important for you. If you're like, well, Roman, uh, you know, what are some examples in, in Scripture? Well, let me just give you a couple right here. Deuteronomy chapter number six. Listen to this. Verse five and six. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And these words that I command you shall be on your heart. Teach them diligently, not half-heartedly. You know what we teach diligently to our kids? To be sports fanatics. Yeah. We teach our kids, you know, to love the things that we love. That's true. If if you if you drive ATVs and you love ATVs, guess what your kids are going to love? Mm. I spoke about that last night. <laughs> if you you're gonna do what you see yep. yeah you're gonna do what you see yep. if, if you love video games guess what your kids are gonna love video games if you love rap music guess what your kids are gonna love by the way that was ice cube ice cube <laughs> check yourself well you wreck yourself <laughs> check yourself but but see that's the thing if we love the lord oh. guess what our children should love the lord amen but it's not just in word but also indeed, they ought to see the power of God, the relationship of God. Now, I, I want to encourage our parents, don't neglect your child for the sake of the Lord or for your calling. That's where that's where this you know gets a little bit messy, is because there's some people, well, I'm gonna have my personal time, but it says, teach your children, guide your t- children. Instead of praying by yourself, pray with your kids. Yeah. Instead of having Bible study by yourself, have Bible study with your kids. I've heard this old saying. It says, you can go faster when you're alone, Mm. but you can go further when you're together. That's true. That's true. Amen. All right. Amen. I mean, when we're we're serving the Lord, we need to realize that we're not, we shouldn't be spiritual loners, but Christ died for the church. He loved the church. Okay. So, Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, talk about it in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So there's one example of personal devotion time. Um, Joshua chapter number one, when the mantle of responsibility was handed over to to Joshua and God called him out to be the the leader of, of Israel. It says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, neither to the right or to the left, and you will have good success wherever you go. I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. He said, study the law of Moses. Read it understand it, discern it, teach it. And then you know what happens at the end of Joshua's life? Joshua is um, coming to the end of his leadership and he declared his commitment unto the Lord before, before all the people. But he made it about not just him, but also his family. He said, you can do whatever's right in your eyes. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose who you're going to serve. The gods of your fathers on the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites. But as for me and my house, mm. as for me and my house, 
we're going to serve the Lord. So this, this idea of devotion and personal time and commitment unto the Lord, it is very important. Paul, you got anything over there? Psalms 91, 1. It talks about Jesus being our refuge and our fortress. Listen to this. He says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The the main translation for this is he who dwells in the secret place. Ooh. In the secret place. In that alone time where it's just you and him, yeah. where you lay all your garbage out and you let him replace that garbage with who he is. Then you take that to your family and then you take that to your people. And then you come together and say, hey, this house is going to serve the Lord. Yes. And then that's going to spew out to the neighbor. And that's going to continue to spew out to the neighbor. Because here's the deal. Everybody came to Jesus because they knew that he had the answer. They knew he had the key. They knew he had the life. He had the healing. He was the doctor. He was the great physician. Listen to what this says in Luke uh, chapter 5. It says, but now even more, the report about him went abroad. It spilled over. From that secret place, he gained his strength. Mm. And when he gained his strength in that secret place, he gained the anointing, and the anointing brought healing. So it says, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, whether that be physical, spiritual, mental, whatever it was. He had the answer once and for all, Jesus did. Verse 16 says this, but then he would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. Oh, wait a minute, Rome. It didn't just say a desolate place. It says desolate places. So that means he had more than one place to be alone, that he continually went and did it. It, it was common for him to be alone, and it should be common for us to be alone, to draw that strength to come forth. Because listen to what this says in, in Isaiah 40. It says, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, and I'm going to finish in 41, 1. It says, have you not known... Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. Listen to this. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Listen, this is good. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Yeah. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And nobody ever ties 41-1 into this. <laughs> it says, fear not, for I am with you. This is the chapter. It says, listen to me in silence. Coastlands. Listen to me in silence. In silence means you're alone. You're in the secret place. You're in the garden. He says, listen to me in silence. O coastlands, let the peoples renew their strength. Woo! When we're in that secret place, we're renewing our strength. We're becoming, we're becoming like him and have the power and the authority to walk through this life. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. In that secret place, in that quiet place, he judges who we are and he cleans us up and he pours himself into us. 
What an amazing thing that he alone himself teaches us in the Gospels. Hey, I'm going over here. And I'm going to get with him. But too many times, we're like the disciples. Hey, can't you stay awake? Hey, can you not pray just for a, for a little while? We get sidetracked. So bad. Or maybe we're pursuing our own selfish ambitions. God we're, help us. We're achieving our own agenda. We're building you know, our own legacy. Mm. I feel like that's so many times what we are guilty of. And you know what happens, Paul? We got too many irons in the fire. Amen. And we give ourselves unto the world and our own goals and ambitions, and we don't have enough time for God. And we're so overwhelmed and we are so maxed out all the time that it creates so much stress in our life, mm. um, anxiety. Yeah. You know, a desire and a need for acceptance. Listen, when you discover who, not who the world says you are, but who God says you are, that is a very powerful place. When you realize that maybe the world says that you should be ashamed, but God says you are loved, you're forgiven, you are loved, or the world says that you've gone too far, and God says, Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. The world says you were lost, but Jesus says, no, you're found. When you discover who God says you are, that is a very powerful place when you, of, of acceptance. I want to encourage our listeners out there. Worrying about tomorrow, stressing over situations in life. The Bible says, think no thought for tomorrow. For the things of tomorrow will take care of itself. As Paul said, do not fear, for I am the Lord. I will strengthen you, help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you're serving the Lord, God is going to direct your path. And you need to, as a, as a child of God, we need to we need to see that alone time as being beneficial. Ezekiel, y'all know how crazy Ezekiel was. God told Ezekiel the prophet to eat a scroll, and then it would be symbolic of digesting the word of God for himself. Ezekiel chapter three, read verse one and two. God tells, God tells Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, you eat these words. <laughs> and Ezekiel said, they went down in my belly. He said, you know what? It was sweet like honey. Sweet like honey. So we've read these examples. Ezekiel, Joshua, men of God, who've given time to being devoted unto the Lord. Jesus, Jesus asked the Pharisees so many times, have you not read? He rebuked them for not knowing the scripture. Yeah. Matthew chapter five, um, Matthew 19, Matthew 22, Mark chapter 12. He believed that they ought to have been 
reading and studying the word of God. Jesus told his disciples. He didn't say, if you pray, but when you pray, Matthew chapter six, he said, when you pray, he gave us the model for prayer. So we need to have this time. When, when else are you going to read your Bible? When else are you going to you know, have time to pray unto the Lord? And, and Paul, let me, let me also say this. I've, I've been guilty of this before. You know, you pray, and in the middle of your prayer, you just end up falling asleep. You ever done that? Hey, you want to go to sleep at night in the bed laying that Start praying. Uh, You'll be gone. That'll I promise you. And and some people are okay with that. You know, well, you know, the, the sweetest thing that one can do is pray while going. Go to sleep while you're praying in the arms of God. But <laughs> the more I've reflected on that, I find that that is actually very disrespectful. Because imagine if while you're talking to your boss, or imagine if while you're talking to a friend, you know, you just go to sleep mm, or, or yeah. you, or you lose attention. Corey, my wife is all the time fussing at me because <laughs> I have a, a problem with my attention. I don't know if it's an attention deficit disorder. I don't know what it is, but I get sidetracked real easy. And when I, when she can tell when I'm not paying attention to her, she can tell when I'm not listening to her and she finds it highly disrespectful. Yeah. Would we do that to the King of Kings? No. And the Lord of Lord. No, we shouldn't. But we do. But we do. So when we pray, our prayers should be focused and intentional. Mm. I'm not saying that you should have a time limit on your prayer, but open your heart unto the Lord. And you're like, well, Roman, there's, there's times that I just don't know what to pray. The Bible says that he understands the groanings of our spirit. Even when we can't utter it. Even when we can't utter it. Now, I've heard um, some people say that that's, that's prayer language and speaking in tongue, tongues and that one needs to speak, one needs to pray in a prayer language to circumvent the enemy so that the enemy can't steal your prayers. I, I, I cannot endorse that because it's not, it's not sound. It's, it's not sound doctrine. When Jesus died on the cross and he said, it's finished and he was resurrected, he defeated Satan. Satan is now a defeated foe and you do not need to pray in some prayer language to be in communion with the father. But there are times that you may not even know what to say and all you can do is cry or all you can do is just weep or moan or just Sit in solitude. There's been so many times I say, God, understand my heart. Hear my thoughts. I don't even know what to say, but God, hear me. And I'll just rest in the arms of God and just allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to me in those quiet moments. (laughs) I find it very hard to believe that... uh... If he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave away, that uh, the enemy could steal our prayers. That's what some people teach, man. <laughs> that you know, you've got to have a prayer language, and I mean, I know that the Bible says, "Enter into your closet." Uh, that's that's important, um, but I just don't. I can't endorse the the idea of a, of a prayer language. Listen to this song that came out in the nineties. I remember when this came out. In the secret, in the quiet place. 
in the stillness you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour I wait only for you because I want to know you more. I am reaching for the highest goal that I might receive the prize, pressing onward, pushing every hindrance aside, out of my way, because I want to know you more. You want to know the deep things of God, the secret things of God? Everything that he has for you? Get alone. I remember one time, the last house we built before we moved to town, we just sold it and, and, and moved to town. But when we were building this thing, my buddy and I were laying the hardwood floor. And I was in the closet of all places. And I was listening to Elevation Worship. And Roman, I got to praying. And I don't know what happened. But I lost it. And when I came back to my senses, it was like 25 minutes later. I don't know what happened in that moment. Because I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I had an out-of-body. All I know is I got to praying, and the Spirit of the God came in that closet, and I was weeping, and I was worshiping, and I was talking to him, and I was unloading everything that I had to him, and it, and it was amazing. And, and I really, the thing that snapped me out of it, somebody came in, said, Started hollering, said, "Hey, where you at?" But it was a it was an unbelievable time with him in that moment. And and you want you want to grow in strength and have that strength that Jesus received to go to the cross. Get along with him, right? Get along with him. So that's kind of going to do it for the show today. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, one of our listeners, Abby Brown Warren, Abby. Thank you uh, for the for the comments, for the words of encouragement. Uh, all of our uh, listeners out there, we want to encourage you to uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook. That's uh, Truth Revival three seven three eight five. Paul and I are just kind of figuring out this whole podcast game. Rome, I got one more thing I want to do before we leave. Ooh, ne- Nehemiah Nemo that we had on the show. His father passed away last week. He was a mighty man of God, a mighty warrior musician for the Lord, really sound in his faith, raised 10 amazing children, had a beautiful wife, and Nehemiah is one of the strongest men in the Lord that I know. And I just want to say, Nemo, we're thinking about you. We love you. And your dad's legacy will live on. Steve Ward, rest in peace. <laughs>